0: The Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Nambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
1: This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show.
0: If you're saying Scott Josh Allen, then we're probably going to club you. It's
2: going to be tough, because I'm going away
3: from what, what the winning formula was from last week. Well, the problem is that could happen against Detroit as well, but...
1: Aussie?
0: That was just taking a shot at um, the Titans for signing the ghost of Adrian Peterson.
1: <laughs> NFL?
0: <laughs> and I don't like the foreskin, as we know, but uh, that
3: person might come up later.
2: Got to troll a few people. Well, some people were trolling me first about Niners big frauds and they were Eagles fans. Only comeback they had,
3: I was Australian. Fantasy. It's not like you picked up like Patty Mahomes or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were getting daddy dogs, And I was getting a third tight end.
1: This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. What
3: about, What do you play at a funeral? Um, just some sort of like sad tune? Gets you in the mood, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: Well, with that, welcome to the, I don't know, shocking fourth season of the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. We're still
3: here, baby. We're still here.
0: (laughs) We're still here. We've done about 300 (laughs) episodes, and somehow, even with all of that, we are yet to be cancelled. So, a big congratulations, fellas. Well done. (laughs) Fresh off broadcasting, get this, the entire ACT Gridiron League season in 2022, then the New South Wales Gridiron State Challenge in Wollongong only last month, and now the very recent ACT Monarchs, and very historic win over a visiting South Australian Sharks team. Ladies and gentlemen, again, back with us for another year. It's the voice of Australian Gridiron, Manager Melly. Welcome back to the show, my brother.
2: Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I'm back. I'm back. back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go do a Cam Newton because I know my boy (laughs) Matty hates Cam Newton. I I I just got... <laughs> yeah, I know you hate him, but I'm just gonna say I'm bad Yeah, I'm very excited to be with the boys this year. You know, back once again. It's probably my second season. I think it is now. Hoping that I don't like get cancelled halfway through the year or uh, get another job somewhere commentating some other games and being unable to. You know, <laughs> big shoes to fill. Don't need a
3: sophomore slump, man. Don't need to stop. Ah, <laughs> <slump. laughs> oh, there we go.
2: Yeah, look, I think. I think you know I had a good rookie season. I think I was probably one yeah. of the good analysts on here, along with Taylor. I heard, I heard, <laughs> certain Maddie is going to be scaling things back this year because wasn't he wasn't up there. But hey, look, nah, nothing against my boy Maddie. You know, oh, I, mate, my I,
0: my analysis was terrible, so I've been punished. Let's, let's I, be honest. I think <laughs> mine
2: was too. I think uh, a lot of <laughs> lot of things could have been going unprepared there for me last year. I mean, I had my guys I liked, and they all got injured or just played like absolute dog shit so this year you know i haven't really started my fantasy preparations as yet this is just like my first day out of uni but you know yeah. i'm gonna be studying fantasy the next three or so months and really freeing up time during the middle of the season this year to be real good at it and good at this podcast as well
0: uh, see and that is the energy i was hoping you would bring and now, and now for those who've come across the seas uh this guy ain't sharing shit because this guy's famous for winning every fucking fantasy league in history every fantasy game we've ever tried to install on the podcast i'm pretty sure he's won every coin flip he's got every green light every open door for about the last two and a half maybe three years ladies and gentlemen it's our favorite taylor Goodall.
3: how are we going guys great to be back I'm all over the shop, mate. Like just when Manjot was saying, oh, "I'm back," all I thought of that was the hangover with Doug. Like Doug, we're getting Doug back. <laughs> I'm all over the shop, mate. I'm not even thinking about NFL, apparently. But awesome to be back, boys. Love the season last year. Uh, just went to new heights, and I'm um, hopefully new wankers will be a little bit better and actually give me a challenge in uh, starts of the week. But you know, I digress. But uh, yeah, unlikely, mate. To- Look naturally <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great too. But uh, <laughs> no <laughs> Gauntlet. Throw <The> <laughs> are, we, are we seeing a team change? Uh, team yes, name we change. Are. <laughs> uh,
2: well we had like we had we have to go back to the college names, isn't mm-hmm. it, Maddie? That was the
3: idea. Yeah. We've we've just We're not even backwards. a
0: professional outfit. We're we are now back to being a college name. So yeah there'll be a university get... reference in there.
3: Back up there. I've been uh, balls deep in NRL Super Coach for the last uh, few weeks and months, so uh, it's good to really sink my teeth into NFL fantasy. Uh, I've, I've definitely been having a look at some mock drafts and stuff, but uh, as as the weeks go on, I'll be more and more involved and. I uh, can't wait to start doing those mocks and having a look at ADPs and and really getting into it. Yep. But there's definitely some uh, some ADPs and some guys I've had a look at that I'll, I'll be pretty keen on this year and some that I won't be. So, yeah, really looking forward to it.
0: Um, so tonight, uh, for those who've already jumped the gun and, and read the title on your favourite podcast app, which is where you found us, uh, we are going through a nice big preseason schedule of things. And one thing that is really well established is that every year, there is this great movement of free agents before the draft happens. And that's something that the NFL does that other sports don't do. So the free agents get to find their new homes and then you draft. And then the, uh, I guess the, the garnish of then later free agents gets sprinkled on, on top. And that's how you get your NFL pie. And here we are looking at every year. There is a bunch of big noise about who moves to new places. And we're going to try and Bust out which ones we think are actually really fantasy relevant, uh, whether that be for better or worse, and we're going to go through them by position. So uh, that, that that's really the goal here, and then Tay is going to challenge us a little bit to think about some draft strategy and and value a little bit later on, which. I'm looking forward to I always like when I get to hand over the reins to one of you fellas who've got a, a, a plan for a segment and I get to go in completely unprepared. I love that. So, I reckon we should throw in a drop because what's more of the NFL fantasy show than having us talking nonsense for 40 seconds? And then we'll get into some quarterbacks. What do you reckon? Hells Yeah. That was
1: this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show.
0: Some say I'm fast as a cheater. So you give it away <laughs> so easily on <you're> number one. <laughs>
1: Aussie. I can run, kind of. Slower than
0: poop. <laughs> I've, I've written that one down, mate. There's no escaping that now.
1: NFL. I've
0: been doing wow.
2: a bit of a Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel style running. Someone else would be spelling me on third down, I think, because i will be probably pretty tired.
1: Fantasy.
2: I, I never get any targets anymore. So Aww. yeah, so don't worry. Force a fucking trade, mate. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've been talking myself up a little. I might need a doctor. I'm starting to die over here. I'm not gonna bother guessing yet, because yeah. it could be anyone. Define elite, Maddie? Yeah, exactly.
1: This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. I've got it, oh.
3: I've got a I've got
0: it. gotta I've got a guess. <laughs> there we go. That's the return to the Maddie being an asshole to Taylor that we've all missed. Okay, so so quarterback is I don't know. In 10-team leagues, there's a couple of ways to go back quarterback. Uh, we are looking at this initially through the frame of we're here to really service the masses, right? Most people are playing a league where there's a quarterback, a couple of running backs, a couple of receivers, uh, a tight end, a flex, and then kick a defense, bit of a bench, right? So, so that's who we're going to aim most of our analysis at. But we do realise there is a growing community of people playing two quarterback, so we aren't shying away from that either. We'll give you some good two quarterback information here too, fellas. The moves at quarterback have you have you heard of a guy named Aaron Rodgers? I heard he, he had a bit of a, a move through the off season. I heard he got locked in a dark room, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. God
3: he's, he's had, had a journey
0: like, <laughs> do you want yeah. to talk us through it should have locked the door
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah lock the door you know having what those are you sure, i can't even fucking say that a drug's name hi <laughs> sure or something i don't know mate Does i don't know <laughs> yeah Someone else who's more experienced in drugs would know that. Uh, yeah, he had a few trips there. He had what well, that darkness room, as Taylor's been talking about. And then he's been on every single media platform that's ever been existed in the NFL <laughs> space. Like Pat McAfee's show, where he announced he's going to the Jets and then ESPN, and then he's like, beeping with Adam Schefter, and he's just, he's just everywhere, this guy. I feel mm. if, if you were anywhere in, near the NFL space in this offseason, you wouldn't know about this Aaron Rodgers move. It was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. Every reporter, every single day. Man, I'm just glad he's on the Jets now. Their long-ass suffering, their long-suffering fan base is just really, really finally... Able to get a quarterback, we hope for this fan's sake. Uh, I know a few people uh, mark uh, that don't want that suffering.
0: Gender, <laughs> but, uh, I can't imagine why playoffs. he wouldn't want that. Why, why does he not want that? Come on. Ah, uh,
2: yeah, could be, could be a certain team, but yeah, yeah. look, yeah, we haven't seen um, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets yet. The Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. To give you context, I didn't. I was barely watching the. NFL back then so like back then I probably didn't even know who the Jets were so at this point all I've seen is like the Jets losing, losing. that's all I've seen of them so Aaron Rodgers he could be good in terms of fantasy value let's pivot to that cuz this is a fantasy podcast I think there's still a bit of decent value there they did bring over the fan hackett his old offensive coordinator who absolutely bombed at the Denver Broncos head coaching position last year Let's not forget how he ruined Javante Williams' career. Um, But let's just say that Hackett, yeah, he's there. They got Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb added to that receiving core. They got. Of course, Garrett Wilson's still there. Trade away, Elijah Moore. They got Bryce Hall coming back. There's a bit of value there for Rodgers. There's a few saucy players. I'm not just talking about Sauce Ooh. Garden on the defense, but I'm talking about the offense here. They got some saucy players out there. I think they got a good amount of guys that can really bring some sauce to this Aaron Rodgers fantasy value, I think. So I'm actually... Really, I'm a lot higher than a lot of people when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and his prospects this year. Mm. I think there's a lot of chance that he could improve as a player. I mean, even from last year. From we last will see that
0: when we get our rankings out, where you put him. But you've definitely shown a little bit yeah. more enthusiasm around Rodgers than I. I've certainly felt. But Tay, hey, where do you land on this?
3: You done messed up, aaron. <laughs> I've never seen a bigger drama queen. I mean, I'm sure there's bigger driver queens, but he's really, really up there in the top echelon. I'm certain when he came out and said, I want to play for the Jets, I'm certain that he slipped him a 50 or something to say, please don't trade me now. Let it drag on in the media because I just love being this. Everyone's talking about me. I'm doing stupid darkness retreats. Uh, he's all over the shop. He he just wants to be in the media all the time. And in the end, we were just all over it. And I think he finally realized (laughs) that we were just so sick and tired of it. And he finally ended up on the Jets, which is the worst kept secret in the world. So, yeah, look, uh, good for him. I think all Packers fans, I know some Packers fans, and they were just so over it and they just wanted it to be done. Uh, And I'm, I'm glad for all parties that it ended up happening. I think, honestly, I think the Packers got a pretty good deal. Um, I, 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 I do too. I think they were on the winning side of it, uh basically getting a second and a, and and a first. Like he, if he plays more than what is was seventy percent of the snaps or something. Well, I can't oh, remember exactly what the number yeah. was, oh. but he, he they they get a first as well as a second. So I think that's a
0: pretty a pretty good trade for a guy. that's go what going to his forties, yeah. Uh, and we honestly, are practically the same age, Aaron Rodgers and I. So that that tells you about what you should expect from him.
3: <laughs> and honestly, we didn't really see great production out of him last year. So to get that sort of mm. um, trade back, that package back for a guy that clearly seemed like he was on a bit of a decline, uh, yeah. I think that was really, really good by the Jets management. So, So well done to them. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, Rogers' fantasy prospects, uh, I'm not too high on it, like Matty sort of touched on. I think me and Job might be a bit higher than we are. I don't see too many differences outside of Garrett Wilson, and the problem for me is I actually think this Jets' defense is going to be really, really good. So I think as a real-life NFL play, this is pretty smart by the Jets. I think they needed someone that wasn't Zach Wilson. So hopefully Rodgers um, doesn't feel up as many mums, and uh, keeps the players on his side. Uh, But I just think in general that I think the team's going to be winning a lot of low-scoring games with a very, very good defense. And I don't think Rodgers is going to have to do a lot. Um, Obviously, I don't know exactly what Brees Hall's doing. I don't expect him to be there week one. uh, But I still think there's going to be a fair bit of running game in this team, especially if they're in front in low-scoring games. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to have to air it out. I'm worried that he's just going to, for some reason, not have some rapport with Garrett Wilson. He's going to just be chucking to Lazard and Cobb, and we're just going to basically see the same offense that we saw at, uh, at Green Bay anyway. So, look, he's probably going to get ranked somewhere between 15 and 18. I think he's probably got a ceiling of like 10 to 12. Well, I just, He's not the kind of guy that yeah, I want to so- be either starting in a 10-team league or even benching uh, in a 10-to-12-team in a league and having as a backup, because I would rather someone have upside.
0: Yeah. I guess that's the, the oh, on question, Bruce
3: right? Holder. Oh,
2: yeah. On Bruce Holder. Yeah, on Brees Holder. So I did a little bit of background research here. It came out just a day ago about it said – I would really say he's ahead of schedule from where he's supposed to be, and he's hitting unbelievable top-end speeds already on that GPS. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Always bullshit. That's what someone was saying. I, I don't know. Someone was – there's been a lot of faith, I think, in Brees Hall coming back in week one.
3: I think I've also, a lot of <laughs> – I've also heard that same stuff about Javante, and there is no way in 100 million years that guy's <laughs> playing week one.
2: Nope. Oh, boy. I, I don't think Javante might play most of the season anyway. Exactly. I, I really doubt it. So, yeah. yeah, take it with a grain of salt, but I think, you know, Brees Hall is definitely a a good chance to come back in the early parts of the season. I think he's definitely a good fantasy asset. Could really help out Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers himself, the Jets did well in that trade. I I will have to pivot to the other side because they kept their first-round pick this year. They only lost two spots in the draft. So Mm -hmm. that sort of pick swap and getting Rodgers... So look, that that to me is a good enough deal for the Jets. They're only really giving up the first and the second. It's not it's not too bad on the Jets side. So I, I wouldn't really pan the Jets or say the Packers won overwhelmingly. I think the the Jets did well in their own right. They're also winners in this trade.
0: Yeah, look I think what it will be interesting about that for me is that in terms of the NFL conversation, that's its own thing, but where we are looking at it in fantasy world how much impact is Rodgers going to have for us in one quarterback leagues? Uh, maybe not a lot. It's the two quarterback league that's going to be where it's really compelling because this is a guy who's clearly a starter in a two quarterback league. Um, and it's just a matter of, well, what's your roster construction going to look like to feel good taking him? Because like, he's going to raise some eyebrows as someone who you can get as your second in a way that, that just kind of hadn't been the case until last year. And I was a bit of a defender of him last year and and probably very, very wrong to do so. But uh, I sort of was a bit unwilling to give up on him so quickly. It'll just be interesting to see what happens here because as Taylor says, he's probably got one of the better defenses he's had in his entire career. That can do great things for you in the NFL world. So that worked for Peyton Manning at the same age in Denver. So uh, he played a pretty horrible NFL season to do it. So, you know, success can take many different forms. Let's move on because another guy who's moved teams in the quarterback world who I'm not sure what his feeling looks like is Derek Carr. I'm going to throw it to Manjot first, being the NFC guy. What what do you think the impact of Derek Carr going to this team is, who were kind of quarterbackless last year?
2: Uh, I think this is a good move for the Saints. They still have a good amount of weapons. Of course, you got Kamara, got Olave. Please, to God, Michael Thomas, please come back. You are my <laughs> boys. Um, still got a taste of Hill Swiss Army Knife. You know, there's some guys still there. They can still cook. Derek Carr is definitely an above-average QB. I think there's definitely a chance that could have a decent fantasy season. I wouldn't say he's a top 10 QB. wouldn't say he's a starter in most leagues. But, hey, he can still be an amazing player in terms of some weeks, like week to week. You could definitely start him. Definitely puts the Saints up there in the division conversation. That division's wide open, so mm. the Saints won't be tanking or anything. So, I think they are going to be playing out every single game. No matter win or lose, they're going to be trying to get – as good as they can because the divisions off for grabs.
0: Hey, Derek Carr has never had a cast like this while he was in Las Vegas, right? Do we expect this to help him?
3: <laughs> He's probably not going to get a bold take on me on Carr because, to be honest, it's one of the most meh Um, situations i think i know like and when i say that i don't mean it completely negative i mean it as in i don't really see huge positives or huge negatives like it sort of almost fits right in the middle for me i think it is good for a larvae but there's no way it isn't an upgrade for him on dalton and and what you saw out of winston at the start of the year so i'm really really intrigued to see what a larvae can do uh, I just, I just really got to see some deep balls, and, and honestly, I'm pretty sure Carr can actually facilitate that for him. Michael Thomas, God knows that guy's an absolute enigma wrapped in a shit sandwich. Like, I don't know what we're <laughs> going to get out of him. Like, it could be anything. Every single year, it comes in saying this guy's just finished surgery, or this guy's held back surgery, or or this guy like is a little bit behind schedule, or you never have any idea where he stands. And you come into the season. And Like, he actually started last year really well. He had two really good games to start the yeah, year and yeah. then gone. Poof, magician. But straight, he straight out the door. Harry Potter's got him. So, I, I just don't know exactly what we're going to um, expect out of the Saints. I do think in that crappy division, like me and George said, I think they're in a good position to actually win the division. Uh, for fantasy... Outside yeah. of Alave, I'm a little bit underwhelmed. Like, Jamal Williams is probably going to be starting the first six games because I expect a suspension for Kamara. Um, whether that actually helps or hurts the offense, I really don't know. I think Jamal Williams is a better um, sort of straight runner than Kamara is. Kamara's is probably going to help in the passing game, so he probably helps Car more. Uh, so in terms of the start of the year, Kamara not being there might hurt Car a yeah. little bit. Uh, But I I just think it's going to be pretty much the same for Carr as it was at the Raiders, honestly. I I, I see him as like a quarterback 12 to 16. I just don't really see an upside (laughs) for him either.
0: So with that, we're saying, hey, look, in a single quarterback league, he's going to be a nice bi-week fill-in. He's going to be fine if somebody in your roster just dies and you need to shift gears. And and he did that for people last year. Um, So maybe much the same for, for Derek Carr. The other two who've shifted around that, I'm just interested to see where this one lands. Uh, Mandel's old boy, Jimmy G has found himself the new Derek Carr spot. Uh, Tay, what does this mean for him and the pieces there? Cause I mean, he's inheriting only Devante Adams. Surely this is a good move. Look,
3: yeah, it is one hundred percent. Like <laughs> anyone getting Devante Adams, you have to feel good. But the problem again here is, like we said, this all about Derek Carr last year. You know, he's getting his. You know, he's getting his college. You know uh, he what he's <laughs> doing? Like he's getting his boy. Like this is going to be finally the year that Derek Carr puts it together, especially in fantasy. Blah blah blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He just was the exact same guy, except for when buddy TC played him against me against Seattle. Shout out <sighs> <Yeah>. TC. Okay. <laughs> that one awesome game, and honestly, that was it. Like he really, really, it didn't change him much. It's like he all of a sudden was like, I've got to funnel everything to Devonte Adams, which to be fair is a great. The good move. But, it's what I would do. <laughs> but it's. It just didn't feel like it really helped him overall. He still kind of put up mediocre numbers and he ended up pretty much what his average was even before Devontae Adams. And I just think that for Jimmy G, it's probably going to be more of the same. Like, I just think... You know, obviously at the Niners, there was a system there with Shanahan and it sort of helped him because he had so many different playmakers around him and you'll see that even with the Niners quarterbacks this year. It doesn't really matter what goober you put out there. They're going to do a job because if you just, Mm. you know, throw a four-yard slant Debo, he's just going to truck his way there for an 80-yarder. I I really feel like, if anything, that's probably a better situation for Jimmy G, even in fantasy. Like, don't get me wrong, it's great having Devontae Adams, but – I actually think you're probably going to see more spike weeks out of Jimmy at the Niners than you're probably going to see at the Raiders because outside of Devontae Adams, he doesn't really have awesome weapons to throw to. Um, It's probably going to be a lot of Josh Jacobs there this year. And, you know, like at the Niners, they had so many weapons to help him out, and I just don't think he has that at the Raiders outside of Adams.
0: Well, okay, so, man, we've seen the same guy with, you know, Debo Samuel and... I don't know, kind of the last bit of good Emmanuel Sanders we ever saw. He was just one yard away from a Super Bowl win. Are we talking about the same guy? Is, is this even the same guy?
2: <laughs> Look, he, after that Super Bowl loss, well, he's been injured for like two whole seasons. I, I can't trust Jimmy G. I, I wouldn't trust him at fantasy at all. Like if you're gonna have Jimmy, it better be a two QB league. where your first QB probably be like three. Patrick Mahomes or free QB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably more of yeah. a free QB league <laughs> guy than a two QB league guy. Because the, the matter of fact with Jimmy Garoppolo is he's so wide receiver dependent. Out of okay. every quarterback I have ever seen in my entire life, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the most wide receiver-dependent quarterbacks, running back-dependent quarterbacks, tight end-dependent quarterbacks I've ever seen. He's so yep. dependent on his weapons to do all the heavy lifting for his stats that it really just – it. I don't know what it is. Like, he can find the guys and then they go on for yards after cash. That, not I honest. think it's a skill in itself, yep. which is pretty good. I mean, of course, you saw it. Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey—they're all leading the league at their positions. That yards off the catch come coming second. There's a reason why, because Jimmy was timing some good passes there. It's really about getting him in a rhythm and really getting him knowing the playbook. He's going back to his OG playbook from when he was a rookie until his fourth year, which might help him out a bit as well in terms of fantasy value. But I I don't think you're going to see many boom games from Jimmy. I, I saw him on the Niners. He was pretty much like a 15... Points per game, fantasy QB all the time. That was about it, which is not good enough if you're going to want to win leagues. You're going to have to have guys who get like a 23 24 consistently. I don't think Jimmy G is definitely a guy you want to avoid unless it's like very desperate situation. He's definitely going to be on the waiver wire in most leagues for most of the season, in my opinion.
0: All right, so we're looking at him saying one quarterback league, irrelevant, two quarterback league. He's probably your bi-week fill-in, an injury replacement. The third guy, that's probably his his place in your roster at the moment. I I wonder then what you do with Baker because he's walking into a team that was Super Bowl champion only, you know, a season before and looking really great. And then, um, you know, Tom sticks it out. Yeah, it doesn't go so well the next season. They get done on the way to seeing the the Rams take it all. And some of that roster's is still there. We saw Baker isn't completely horrible every minute of every day. It's not like he's a complete waste of space out there. He's, he's probably a worthwhile starter in the league still. What does that mean for fantasy now that he's moved to this Tampa Bay side that's still got so many remnants of the the big team that won those Super Bowl run?
2: Yeah, Baker for me, I, I'm non back of Baker bandwagon. On the box, not at all. Again, in fantasy terms, he's not going to be up there with the guys. He's pretty much around where we said Jimmy was, a third guy filling in in a two QB league, probably irrelevant in your normal leagues, unless we see the Baker that performed against the Raiders on his Rams debut or the Baker that was in 2020. Yeah, we're not going to see that from Baker, to be honest. I feel like there's a lot of upheaval in. Tampa Bay especially ran OC they have a new OC now so we we'll have to see if he's better than Leftwich or not Leftwich was real bad um yeah i mean look the remnants of Tom Brady uh, in his last season in 2022 lost to the Cowboys blown out of that playoff mm. game yeah, after that Rams season, of course, where they lost to the Rams. And then, yeah, the season before they won the Super Bowl. So they're only really, what, two, three years of what uh, removed from that Super Bowl yeah. win. There's still quite a good amount of pieces from that roster. It's just about quarterback for them. And I feel like Baker might be in trouble at ways out as well. But you can see a bit of Kyle Trask coming in, see what he has. The couple other guys they've signed, I feel like they're can really bring in a lot of competition. So, I don't even know if the job's Baker's at the moment, to be honest.
0: Oh, Tay, do you have a sunnier outlook for a Baker-Baker touchdown maker? No, I really don't. And, like, me and Job touched on it right at the
3: end. Like, I don't even know if the job's his. Well, I honestly think it's going to be, you know, often the, the coaches talk about, oh, it's going to be a QB battle to see who gets number one, even though we pretty much know who it's going to be. Well, I legitimately think this will be. I actually don't know if they know. Uh, there is, I guess, the slightest bit of optimism knowing that he has Mike Evans and Chris Goldman um, to throw to. Uh, but you just saw Tom Brady, the GOAT, struggle with those same weapons last year. And and honestly, if you think Baker's going to do a better job than Tom Brady, and that O-line really still isn't great. Like, if he's going to just get terrorized by opposition defenses um, and having to throw balls up to Mike Evans, who's only getting older. Uh, I just really don't see where all the fantasy points are going to come from. This team generally is going to sort of lean on their defense as well. I I don't think they're going to be in high-scoring shootouts. I think Brady wanted to throw the ball probably more than this team wanted to. Uh, And I think whoever steps into quarterbacks probably going to be in the lower half of the league for pass attempts. And that's just not going to work for fantasy.
0: Okay, so we saw Brady lead the league in pass attempts last year. Two things that Baker's got in his advantage is one, he can move. So, and we've seen that he's not scared to to truck it and uh, and get out on his legs. Also, he's not forty three years old. Does that matter? I don't think it really does. Honestly,
3: I, okay. I just I, I just <laughs> don't see the I just don't see the optimist. I, I can see where you're going. Like, there, there are slight positives. I had I to ask. <laughs> he's got two very very good wide receivers. Uh, And you can't say that about a lot of teams. So I can see the slight optimism. I just don't think this team's going to want to throw the ball anywhere near as much as they did last year. I just think that was a Brady thing, not so much a Buccaneers Mm -hmm. thing. Like Arians was happy for them too. But as soon as he was out the door, I know he stayed in the organization, but he wasn't part (laughs) of the the coaching staff. I don't really (laughs) think they wanted to last year. That was just a, I'm Tom Brady and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Uh, once he's gone now,
0: I really think this team's going to go back to running the ball a lot more. That might be our last day on the quarterback then because we've, we've got a couple of rookie quarterbacks we want to talk about and we are going to get to rookies. So this is probably a good spot to park quarterback and uh, and we'll throw forward to running back.
1: This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show.
2: If we just put a British accent, someone just narrating how to get your medicines prescribed.
3: Aussie? Um, oh, no, I just gave it away. Jeez, it's me. I was the guy that won the Astro League. I followed oh, <laughs> him. were you? Uh, but...
2: NFL? He was just silent. No camera on.
3: I'm just sitting there. I'm like eating my finger <laughs> bun. Pre-draft. Fantasy. And they were having breakfast together. Sitting there, having big breakfast, having a bit of bacon and egg, bit Sausage, Jared so We all know what that means. So basically, lock our uh, MPJ in for a top one season this year. One.
2: <laughs> Tell the tradesman, no reason to have a trade segment on the podcast.
1: This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. Yeah,
0: there we go. Oh, there there we go, mate. Yeah, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. that looks even bigger, mate. That didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it it did, oh, ship did for us. Stuff for us. Yeah. It did for us. It's good enough. <laughs> now, running back there. That, Okay, so we're not talking rookies yet. We're not talking rookies yet. So shove all the conversation around them. There was a cool carousel where about four teams all just kind of shifted one notch and kind of had this like circular pass the parcel of of, uh, of running backs. And they are going to be the heavy majority who we talk about in this position because that seemed to be the movement. And, and there are a couple of guys still not signed yet. Manjo, I'm going to chuck it to you because – You've talked pretty glowingly about Miles Sanders to me. He finds himself going from Super Bowl contender to to now a Panthers team on the rebuild. Uh, How much impact do you think he's going to have there? Does this pump his stock up or does it diminish his stock?
2: I think his stock actually goes up. I okay. think this is a great move for Miles Sanders. I know it's a bit controversial. I know his contract might be a bit much, but I think this is a great move for the Panthers. I know running backs getting older than that. but obviously, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator when Jonathan Taylor, oh, sorry, he was a head coach when Jonathan Taylor broke out a couple of years ago in fantasy, that awesome 2021 season. And now he's a head coach of the Pampers. I feel like there is a bit of a connection there that you can make. Miles Sanders being running back one. He hasn't had as heavy of a workload as some other running backs at his age would have had by now. Mm. So that, that works in his favor too. I feel like Miles Sanders has a bit going in his favor here. The young offense, you know, young QB, Bryce Young coming in. Of course no pun intended Andy Dalton to be QB as well yeah. how much can you trust him they got barely anything a wide receiver except Mingo so honestly this calls for good game script for Sanders most weeks I feel like their best chances are winning games and they they have a good chance of winning the division too I talked about the Saints that that division is wide open so yeah look they could definitely go with the well, go with Miles Sanders every single play if they could. I feel like that's definitely a possibility for the Pampers. I think that's where I'd look out for the Pampers and that offside for Sanders. I feel like there's a lot of offside.
0: Well, volume hasn't been his middle name because that's just kind of not how Philadelphia used running backs. Tay, are you sold on this? This guy was on the edge of the dead zone last year. You feeling more positive?
3: I've got three names for you. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts. They have three <laughs> reasons why Miles Sanders will be far better this year than he was last year. He has absolutely no competition outside of Tuba Hubbard. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind Tuba Hubbard, but he's not going to be this guy pilfering all these touchdowns like he was getting last year. he I actually think, like Manjot said, I think he's in an awesome position. We just saw Deontay Foreman. <laughs> Absolutely killer by this O-line. This team really, really wants to run the ball. They are one of the only teams that was actually happy to spend money on a running back this offseason. Yeah. There's no way that they look at that and go, we're not going to use this guy as a three-down back, and he's never been that at the Eagles. He's barely been a one-and-a-half, um, you know, down back. They've, for some reason, just gone with as many guys as they could, not to mention having Hurts there just pilfering every – Every opportunity they could, or they just bring in the goobers to just clean up the garbage. Like so it, it's such a it was such an annoying situation because on paper it was great at the Eagles of such a yeah. great O line, but they just had so many mouths to feed that you never knew what you were going to get out of Sanders week to week. Whereas I think this year at Carolina, he's just going to be the lead back. He's going to catch way more passes than he ever has at the Eagles, and I, I just think it's all systems go. I think he's at running back twenty in ADP right now. I just mm. think that's his absolute flaw
0: that's a, that's a smash buy right there is it 100% oh, so i guess this is the thing right so you go from a an eagles team where i don't remember there being kind of the Run it away, volume monster. Since Shady McCoy in like 2016, right? So we're talking way back when Manjot was just a wee boy, um, <laughs> ending Fruit Loops in front of the TV. Uh, so, so it is a big change of scenery for him for a team who are pretty keen to run in a way that you'd think the Eagles should be with an offensive line as good as they've had. But the the tail end of that is then all this vacated work um, that Sanders leaves behind is now all of a sudden going to be picked up by some combination of Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift, plus whoever's still left there, plus Jalen Hurts. I've kind of grouped Philadelphia running back together here. Tay, what's the outlook here for, say, let's go for the bigger name? DeAndre Swift had proven himself per touch to be really handy at Detroit who weren't a great running team and have really never been. What's the outlook now for him, given the system you just described?
3: Yeah, you know, I was totally right about Swift last year. I wasn't in on him at all. Like, it's not like I (laughs) copped him, you know, getting injured every single week in in a bunch of leagues. Luckily, I got out of him in a lot of them, but, you know, it was a tough one. I, I can't doubt the guy's talent. Like, the guy is so talented. He just cannot stay on the field. And you could also just cut and paste what I just said about Rashad Penny. They've basically got two of the most <laughs> injury-prone guy, uh, running backs in the league and paired them together. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. I guess, like, if you could just, like, take one of these guys' legs and just take the non-injured one and put them together, they'd be a absolutely wonderful running back. Um, the only thing I would say is that they're kind of different in a way, though, that I think Rashad Penny would be the grinder first and second down and, and Swift would be the... Prototypical pass catcher on third down, so I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, I just I, I'm not really sold on either of these guys at this position. I don't think they're bad ADPs in fantasy. Like if you want to take a shot, especially on Penny, like I think Penny's going well into the into the low twenties, maybe even thirty. Swift sort of around that 22, 23 mark, I think, for running back coming off the board. So. Look, I'm fine with them, but I'm not excited because neither of them is going to get the work. Because even if one of them got injured, you'd be you'd be feeling excited. But then all of a sudden, it's just going to be Boston Scott and Kenneth kind of Gainwell and Jalen Hurts getting all the all the. Touch. It's going to be exactly what you saw out of Miles Sanders. So I'm I'm just not excited by any of them. Man, John, so surely
2: you're excited. Yeah. So essentially, what Taylor's saying, right? And I completely right. agree. Is They replaced Miles Sanders Mm. with two guys, and essentially they're all going to get wrecked by that free-headed monster of Boston Scott, Kenneth Gable from (laughs) Gable Hurts. That is what he said. He he said, you split in Miles Sanders. (laughs) Yeah, you split in Miles Sanders in half, you get... Freaking Rashad Penny, you get freaking DeAndre Swift, and you maybe get like some good upside from their talents, but of course they're more injury prone than Miles Sanders ever was. And then you have that free head of monster. There's I I don't get it. Like they're probably gonna be a better team for it. They're gonna have a better team rushing attack, potentially, or potentially just keep the same rushing attack, like sort of production. But there's no benefit type of player in that situation fantasy wise. Yeah. Neither of them's getting stat boosts unless there's a whole injury curse ravaging that running back room and only one of or both of them survive as just both of them the running back Hunger Games <laughs> You're oh, don't talk That's to me gonna about take. injury in Philadelphia <laughs> don't talk to me about injury curses in Philadelphia okay. it's, it's, so,
3: it's so true it's not a fantasy move it's a team move I, I agree with you I yeah. think it's actually good for the Eagles I think I think those guys actually complement each other quite well because you know they both get injured and they can both be in the first aid to to, uh, with each other
0: <laughs> so this kind of feels like a fantasy desert if you've ever sort of driven out in the Australian outback. Uh, The surprising thing is that you can see an emu from kilometres away because it is easily the tallest thing because there's just not enough nutrient out there to grow anything bigger than that. Um, And this kind of might be a version of the desert uh, like that in terms of just there's so little nutrient to go around and there's five things trying to feed off it. They've Uh,
3: They've got good cheese stacks in Philly, though.
0: Not not as much famine as you'll
3: find in the desert.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, gee, can you imagine what it'd be like to be lactose intolerant in Philadelphia? So (laughs) we've already uh, talked about that with Matt Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's because we're going to miss that if Matt Ryan doesn't get a starting (laughs) job somewhere. Uh, Oh, he's on TV now. That's the end of the Matt Ryan experience. That's the end of the Matt
3: Ryan chat on this podcast.
0: Uh, Wow. So I'm I'm sort of glad we still got Pete Ryan to talk about because he looks so much like Matt Ryan to have Pete Ryan, Ryan. who has the same surname, playing in the local league. He better come back for another season. I don't want Matt Ryan to retire the same year as Pete Ryan.
2: I th- I talked to Pete actually in wongong He he said he's keen, he's that- keen to come back for another season. Uh, not no official words yet. You're gonna have to ask oh, the man himself. But I think I think there's a good chance Pete is coming back. To, just from this is from a personal conversation we had. Now I asked him directly, "Are you coming back this season?" He's wow. like, "Looking forward to preseason. Potentially, you know, <laughs> re- healing <of>, up <laughs> all my." You know, all the blows from life like you know, seventy years
0: old. I mean, <laughs> this is the problem. Pete's <laughs> been playing since I was a kid. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Shout out Pete
3: Ryan, oh. part of the nine-player trade in Astros. <laughs> yes, Pete holds it. Greatest trade So many local players
0: records. Players. Uh, th- there's another one. He shares a nine-player trade record with Taylor. Just one of the many records, Pete, <laughs> on locally. They're going to erect a statue of that guy in this town somewhere.
2: Oh, Matty, by the way, schedule the Astro League draft when there's not a Wolves preseason game because we might be commentating it. I don't know. N- no,
0: no always on a Sunday. That, it, our, our, it- our draft's always <laughs> on a Sunday. We should be okay. We should be okay.
2: Yeah, if they <laughs> don't schedule that uh, any preseason game on that damn we have to commentate it. Boy, that would be the one there's nothing official about any God. preseason games, by we the way. we would literally
0: but... have to leave my oldest kid to draft our team. They would be like a college team. That that would be so <laughs> <My> <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, we
2: draft. Yeah, we drafted the <laughs> same time as commentating. You saw me react to the other well, draft same mate, time as commentating. So we can do it.
0: Hundred percent you've shown your dynamicism di- We we talked about this word off mic a little bit. Dynamicism. Dynamicism. I like dynamism. It kind of sounds like dynamite. I kind of feel like there's a bit of power about (laughs) it. Anyhow. Well, okay. So, something that was dynamite for me last year was my love for um, David Montgomery, who he's now going to the void that was left by um, DeAndre Swift. He's gone to the Detroit Lions. Uh, That didn't backfire in my face either, Taylor. We didn't have a bet about David Montgomery. (laughs)
3: Uh, <laughs> no, we didn't do did um, no, it. I, I was, I was, I was saying in the first six weeks we definitely didn't because it was definitely not going it's... my way. Uh, early in the year with Mister James Connor, uh, but he came roaring home and just destroyed you by like three ADP spots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it> was... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sadly, it was closer than I expected.
3: <laughs> where there was a point when they were like dead even, it was yeah. like point like
0: two points at. or something exactly between them. Points, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was embarrassingly close, and and that was the pity because I knew which one was on their way up and which one was on their yeah, way down. That's the problem. <laughs> now I'm going to throw <laughs> yeah. a manjar on this one too because I think Monty going to an NFC team um, and just shifting across the division—you don't often see this. Where a free agent running back will sign across the division, uh, mate. We saw yeah. that offense looking like a whole different beast last year to a regular Lions offense, kind of like that year where the Bears had Trestman and all of a sudden they had two top 10 more fantasy wide receivers and everyone's looking around going, the Bears, really? Um, so we had that moment last year with this Dan Campbell-led Detroit Lions. What's the outlook for Montgomery there? Is this going to matter?
2: So dynamism is a word in the dictionary. Come it on! Is- <laughs> yeah, you-, you aren't wrong, Maddie. It is the quality of being characterized by vigorous activity and progress. For example, the dynamism and strength of the economy. I really feel like that could be a good word to describe the Detroit Lions' backfield moves this offseason. I feel like David Montgomery going there. You know, They obviously let Jamal Williams and uh, Swift go. So look, Montgomery going there. They got Gibbs up there now. Mm. I I feel like there's a decent amount of chance. I feel like for one of them to do well, I don't feel like there's enough for both of them. I'm leaning towards okay. Gibbs being the guy doing the best out of both of them. So I really feel like David Montgomery's value isn't going to be as good as it was back in 2021. Okay, last year kind of just killed his value a little bit, and now he's gone to the Lions. Have just drafted a rookie running back. I feel like that spells disaster, especially first round, top 12 rookie running back. I feel like that spells disaster for Montgomery's fantasy chances, but who knows? He could be one of the most important players of the season. I'm overlooking it. At the moment, I don't believe enough in him. I feel like there's a lot going on with Jameer Gibbs that I I really can't trust Montgomery at the moment.
0: Oh, but Tay, we've seen this before where a first-round running back comes into a team. Don't new squat comes up with, like, 400 total yards. (coughs) <coughs> McCaffrey, <coughs> Dalvin Cook in their first few years. And I can remember you going through this on a podcast with me three years ago in the first season of this. Is there potential for that? Montgomery is great. Like, or what are you forecasting?
3: So shout out to the Lions first for having one of the weirdest drafts I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> that to me, <laughs> pick was just completely out of nowhere they 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 went back, then they went forward, and then and they took Jack Campbell, like who no one thought was going to go at eighteen. Like they were just completely all over the shop. I think Dan Campbell's just biting kneecaps all over the place. Um, I've been full circle on Montgomery already, and we're in May. Like it's absolutely unbelievable. I was when he went there, I was all over it. Like I was thinking this is going to be the Same. best. Like, they they've got rid of Jamal Williams. Uh Swift seems to be on the outer. And it's just going to be all Montgomery because they've just paid money for him. Yeah. Then go back to the go to the draft. They go and take Gibbs at 12. I was I was so out. Like I was like this is the worst thing ever. It's a three-headed buddy monster. You don't know who's going to get the work. Yeah. I don't even I'm not even sure that Montgomery's going to have the goal line. Blah blah blah. Then they got rid of Swift, and I'm kind of, like, in the middle now. I I actually don't (laughs) mind him because, to be honest, I still think, like you said about the whole rookie thing, I know they picked him at 12. I still don't think they would have, like, Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're the smartest franchise in sports. But I don't think there's any way that they go out and spend money on a running back like Montgomery and then use one of their first-round picks on a running back if they're not planning to still use Montgomery Mm. a fair bit. Like, I I just think they're going to build with Gibbs. They're probably looking at Montgomery as maybe a two-year plan, whereas they might be looking at Gibbs as a four- to five-year plan. So... I really do think Montgomery's going to have more of the snaps. I think Gibbs is going to be used a lot in the passing game. And to be honest, in that Lions team, I think you want to be the first two downs because they've got such a great offensive line. And they're on the goal. They seem to be on the goal line a lot. Like You yeah. saw Jamal Williams just absolutely dominate there. So I'm actually in on him with with reason to be concerned about Gibbs. So he would be the kind of guy that I'd want to get into a draft and just see where he falls. Um, I'm happy with him at his ADB, but I wouldn't want to be moving up to get him. Uh, But if he falls to where he's meant to go or a little bit later, happy days.
0: All right. Well, man, do you feel a bit more compelled to to, to believe in the Montgomery now? Because you're a bit more on the Gibbs side of that.
2: Yeah, I still feel like there's still a good chance that he could get a few decent carries here and there. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, not I'm just really sniffing
3: out thing. a water bed. Cool. Maybe not cool. today, well, but I'm, sniff- I'm sniffing one, one out. I was just
0: saying the exact same thing. I was just the exact. Same thing. <laughs> I feel well, I've learned. I can't water bed Taylor anymore. I just drink. water. I'm a honest, goldfish like- now.
3: I'll be honest. I wasn't that like enthusiastic, but I thought he's definitely going to have more. I think it like that's why I said there's reason to be worried. No,
0: no. Like, I want to get I, you guys I, to draw lines. This is what I'm going to do this year. I, I'm going uh, to start, start putting you guys gonna, against I, each I'm other.
2: Definitely. Look, if we're talking about who, get, <laughs> are we talking about who gets more fantasy points or more carries? Because both I go with Gibbs. Like I'm, I'm okay, yeah, that's Gibbs. Fine. I'll,
3: go, I'll, take
0: on. I'll take Montgomery for sure. Oh my gosh! Oh, this happened right. quickly. First, first water bear of the season. Okay, okay. we're in. Let's let's we're get in. the let's get the terms. Of this. Okay, so it's Montgomery Taylor is was <laughs> saying he believes Montgomery is getting more carries and more fantasy points in twenty twenty three. Manjot, you're saying the opposite. You're saying Jameer Gibbs more carries, yeah. more fantasy points in twenty twenty three. My boy, officially okay. my boy now. <laughs> wow, that happened quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so this this also saves me drowning. Because Taylor, you still owe me four liters of water, by the way, Taylor. And I've yeah, got yeah, two it's, it's full two-liter things of water in my boot, and,
3: waiting for the middle of winter in Canberra to get you,
0: mate. This is why I'm going overseas <laughs> in the middle of winter in Canberra. Uh, it's <laughs> okay, so oh, let's uh, shift God. because the Detroit Lions obviously shed stuff, and the other part of what they shed was Mr. Touchdowns, 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 Jamal Williams, who's now found himself a new home in New Orleans. It, that's going to be an interesting thing because I mean Alvin Kamara hasn't gone away. He's not exactly in the clearest of positions. What are you doing there with Jamal Williams?
3: I I don't know what to do. It's another tough one because, like, again, I'm trying to look at this from an ADP perspective, and I think he still is value at where he is because, to me, he's going to have the whole workload in the first six weeks. And even when Kamara comes back, I can see it being like a Kamara – Ingram sort of situation that you saw from a few years back, whereas <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can still see Jamal Williams. Like, you don't go out and get a guy like that who just had so much success in the red zone if you don't plan to use him that way. I really do think Kamara's going to turn into – I'm not saying he's only going to be a third down back. but like, They'll probably share the, the the rush attempts, maybe slightly lean towards Jamal Williams. But I, I just think there's going to be enough there for him to be relevant. In saying that, there's gonna be bad games. Like there's gonna be your tw- mm. like your twelve for 42s of no touchdowns and things like that. So mm. I'm not saying he's like a slam dunk. I'm just saying I think there's value there, especially early in the season. And he's the kind of guy that I would maybe draft and four or five weeks into the season I'd maybe look to trade. Because I think
0: a huge amount of his value is gonna be in the first six weeks. Oh, Twelve for forty-two is a Matty C rushing line, man. Job. That's, that's pretty awful. <laughs> it's, not a, yeah. it's not the worst. I mean, he's very, himself.
2: very <laughs> boomer bust. Yes, I do agree, <laughs> and is definitely a thing you can use to describe Jamal Williams. As Taylor was just saying, he go for two hundred yards or forty-two yards. That's definitely everything's in a realm of possibility for him. I, I feel like last year no one expected him to be running back one and then he just goes out and balls out i feel like no one's expecting him to be running back one with Camarada, there but still with kamara i don't know there, there could be a bit of a chance there that williams still gets some decent work with Camara. Mm -hmm. in that offense, especially red zone, pass catching, even though Kamara's awesome at both, definitely there's a chance that you can have a Jamal Williams in there, mix it up, two running back sets. I think that's definitely possible for the Saints this year with Dennis Allen at head coach. I feel like they have a bit of versatility there that they might go a bit more conservative. Who knows? I'm not sure. Derek Carr is definitely a better quarterback than what they had last year. So they definitely have a bit more offense that can support that sort of rushing production. And honestly, I I feel like that's going to be good uh, for Jamal Williams. I think he he won't have the same years last year, but he's still going to have some good games. I feel like he'll have a slight decrease, not – well. Slight in the terms. His points per game in the first few weeks would probably be up there if Kamara suspended. Yep, But, you know, after that, maybe just a slight decrease, you know, compared to when Swift was there with Williams in the backfield with him. So, yeah, there's there's a few things going on there. I'm still very unsure. I think I just got to wait and see how it plays out. I think that's probably going to cost me a bit if I'm going in for Jamal Williams especially if I go in too late and trade for him when Kamara's coming back.
3: Can can I just say quickly, too, we're talking in May. uh, Mm. Keep an eye out on ADPs. Like, let's say Kamara, we find out in a month or two, he's getting suspended for those six weeks. If I all of a sudden see Jamal Williams come into the top, or, you know, somewhere around that, I'm probably not going to take him. No. This was more of an ADP on what he is right now. And I don't know exactly what his ADP is going to go to once Kamara is officially out for those first six weeks. I'm just saying right now, if you're in some sort of like best ball, if you're doing drafts now, I think mm. he's a value. Uh, I'll just need to see what that ADP is once we know what's happening with Kamara.
0: Oh, 100%. This ADP chat and these mock drafts coming up are just going to be – Absolutely wild. I cannot wait to get into that in the next month or so. Oh, we did some well.
2: mocks off air, by the way, Maddie. So Camara went six oh seven. Yeah, mm. six rounds for Camara. That's a massive drop on him from last year. And then Jamal Woods went 9 and 9 So
0: yeah. there's, there's quite That's a good. bit That's of Like I would take yeah, it and sure. So At that point, you just take both, right? Yeah. This is like you the can. old Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams all over again. But out the Saints, So the, for those of you who mm. used to watch uh, fantasy football way back in the day when it was just in uh, monotone in CPR, <laughs> is that, it feels like that long ago since the D'Angelo Williams-Le'Veon uh, Bell thing. Guys, I, I think that is a good place to sum up running back. Manchot, we're wide receivers. We should really talk about wide receivers, shouldn't we?
2: Yeah, let's go.
1: This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. Taylor Talk Time. Because all I do is win, 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 no matter
3: what. That's a foreskin right there. We'll foreskin that for later. (laughs) (laughs) That's on the first five pages. Wowza. Wait, sorry. The first four pages. Four skin. We didn't want to talk about it. You guys brought it up. It wasn't me, of course. Mate, we'll, we'll chat later. Um. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise he <laughs> yeah. can trade. I didn't realise was a trade button. I don't do many trades, mate. So I'll, I always stay on the fence. I don't call him an absolute spud. And I never call him an absolute choker <laughs> in the second half of years. So, well, we start with the portaloo at the back when we just shit ourselves uh, straight into the portaloo. And then it goes into a hole, not even to an actual toilet.
1: Aussie NFL fantasy.
3: Look, eat it, Mark Downey. I'm I'm all dolphins this year, mate. And you're gonna have to make a lot of room because I'm not the smallest bloke in the world uh, on that bandwagon.